In this episode, Dr. Kashi challenges the prevailing belief that intense workouts yields better fat loss, as we understand it. Sometimes the best thing to do diverges, in a big way, he might add, to the most difficult thing. Break free from dogmatism to embrace a more rational and constructive approach to fitness, nutrition, and weight loss. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Again, a little more on track today, perhaps. Today's lesson, again, is a bit of a nerd rage, and again, I, I vacillated in labeling the lesson as such. However, this topic really tickles my giblets. Tickles my giblets. Heard that the other day by an Australian dude. I'm pocketing that. Okay. Now pulling from the previous lessons, more than just being a fundamental requirement for basic metabolism, you know, like you guys know, keeping your brain happy, you know, food and sugar and, and, and that sort of stuff. It's also required for activity too. Again, you're pretty much an expert on that now. So here's what you learned today. Short review on yesterday's crazy rant. Again, bang for your buck with activity actually comes from doing less in terms of intensity rather than doing more so that you're too tired and beat up to do anything else, okay? Short review on that, okay? This sort of like, okay. Now, sugar recommendations and various other recommendations for the general public are confusing. They are opportunistic. They are pseudoscientific, unalloyed, farcical bullshit, okay? And last, personalized nutrition is really the only way to make real progress and keep it okay it breaks you of that dogmatic prison all those stupid rules that eat this not that that you are what you eat sugar like oh, it's all obnoxious so you're going to get walked through how to establish have have what's called an empirical substantiation process fancy science words it's cool walk you right through it okay now what's cool is that at best your muscles although they're the main disposers of sugar again went into this a little bit in the previous lesson they're also the major disposer of fat okay at rest now Sugar starts to come to the picture more and more as short-term requirements for activity go up. That means the muscles are mainly using fat until you start using your muscles, and then the sugar requirements of the muscles end up going up. Biology's cool like that. Now, a human can only go for high intensity a couple minutes at a time. A human can go to moderate intensity, practically speaking, forever. Okay. Now again, which situation do you think cycles more nutrients between sugar's three musketeers, which again are the brain, the muscles, and the liver? Which situation cycles more nutrients? which promotes greater metabolic health and hormone sensitivity. You know, that area under the curve, okay? Looking at the grand scheme instead of like that 10 minutes of extreme, <laughs> okay? Uh, which situation uses more store fat and sugar, okay? Uh, on purpose is important. On purpose, with purpose is more importanter. So check out smartpeoplecomehere.com to learn more about that. That's smartpeoplecomehere.com. Anyway, that sidetracked a bit uh, from the previous lesson. Ha, huh? welcome to Coffee with Cashy. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> in any case, the point is, as Huggy says, that if you major in the minors, you will be disappointed. Okay, being active kicks the crap out of exercising. You get more done by doing less rather than doing everything and then getting so beat up and zombified and over fatigued and then doing nothing. All right? Moving on. Now, if you're looking to get extra benefits, you'll get extra support. You'll get both if it's properly programmed. Again, TCAN uh, takes care of that for you. Easy peasy. Point is that your energy and sugar requirements change with varying levels and frequency of activity. Okay. 
which definitely means one-size-fits-all nutrient recommendations make absolutely perfect sense. <sighs> the funny thing is that big orgs, the government, etc., they, right, they know. They know how silly it is, and they do it anyway. You see this hilarious, so how do you know this is the case? Well, you see this hilarious conflict within the juxtaposing guidelines that they have. The same organization is telling people to limit their sugar and telling them that sugar is bad and toxic, etc. At least that's how it's interpreted, right? They're definitely told to limit their sugar, are also telling people to eat literally 20 times the recommended amounts of sugar. 20 times. What is that, like 2,000% or something crazy? However, it's in a different set of guidelines. Ah, why are there different sets of guidelines? Follow along, thinking caps on. There is an explicit understanding by these organizations, for example, the American Dietetics Association. That, I mean, they're kind of a big deal in the context of, you know, federally recognized medical licensing, right? The sugar requirements between humans are variable. They know that. They know this variability dominantly hinges on activity. In some situations, the nutrient requirements of activity even exceed the requirements of basal metabolism. That's pretty cool, okay? <laughs> this elevated use of sugar means, you guessed it, elevated intake of sugar to match, okay? Hopefully that makes sense. They, the American Dietetics Association, you know, a governing body responsible for federally recognized medical licensing, have evidence-based guidelines for athletes, for athletes, that recommend sugar, com sugar consumption up to, guess what? The energy requirements of the person. I'll say that again, if you're in the back. They have evidence-based guidelines for athletes that recommend sugar consumption up to the energy requirements of the person. Which, under many circumstances, are like 500% or greater of the sugar recommendations for everybody else under a different set of nutrition guidelines. Obviously, all of them have all the same requirements. One of those requirements being frequently interpreted and for good reason as sugar is toxic and poisonous and whatever else. So riddle me this, riddle me this. There is some semblance of science-based recommendations for athletes. And what, there are bullshit recommendations for everybody else? You know, the people that need them most? Actually, kind of, yeah, kind of. You know, the you are what you eat bullshit guidelines. Fat will kill you because it makes you obese and clogs your heart with fat. You are what you eat. Sugar is toxic because it fills your blood with sugar and makes you obese and diabetic. You are what you eat. Cholesterol is the reason your blood cholesterol is high and have strokes and heart attacks. You are what you eat. And if you eat crap, then you're a crappy person. And you see this everywhere. You might even feel that way. Have you ever felt that way where you, you ate something bad and then you felt bad? That's what happens. Guess what that engenders? <laughs> Basically, it's this, this diet centricity crap that X nutrient is the cause of Y health problem in obesity-related disease. Okay? Thankfully, now that you know about, about nutrients and how they move around your body and how they get cycled and moved around keeping you metabolic healthy, you know that these obesity-related diseases and sugar toxicity is really just couch-related disease and couch-related toxicity, okay? Again, covered that hefty detail before. You learned about that pseudoscientific, borderline mystical garbage a few lessons back, okay? It's culminating into a neat course now. This is like, he great warrior, I kill him, eat his heart, I be great warrior. It's the same sort of shitty logic. <laughs> it's the same thing. 
Anyway, this you are what you eat type of pseudoscientific bullshit recommendations for everyone else, you know, the not athletes, whatever that means, this diet-centric messaging is, is relatively arbitrary and willfully neglectful of basic science and blatantly ignores what you need. But they have guidelines that reflect individual needs for athletes. Do you know what the difference is between an athlete and a normal person? Nothing! Nothing. Some people move more. Some people move less. Protein supports growth and repair. Fat comes along for the ride with most protein sources. The rest of the energy requirements come from sugar polymers and sugar. Sugar fills in the difference. <laughs> people that move more need more sugar to support their activity. People that move less need less sugar to support their activity. That's it. In that regard, everyone is an athlete. You get enough protein to support growth and repair. Fat comes along for the ride. You fill in the rest with the carbohydrate. Ah! TKN treats everyone individually and, and shoves that pseudoscientific diet centrist bullshit to the curb and instead employs a personalized approach to empirical substantiation. That fancy phrasing here. That's a fancy science term for you going through a thorough calibration process determining what enough is for you. Okay, and how enough for you changes quite a bit and quite often so that you can adjust dynamically. In other words, enough is enough. You get enough for you. You are different. Therefore, you go through your own simple, guided, step-by-step -step calibration process to determine what enough for you is. Does it make more sense to watch what you do day-to-day -to, -day to find out what's best for you? Or does it make more sense to tabulate 10 billion bullshit surveys, crank out some pseudoscientific horseshit statistical data, and then use that to craft arbitrary guidelines that, that serve to confuse people more than help them? Whole grain and fiber and saturated fat and cholesterol and added sugar recommendations are all part of that bullshit. It's a futile and misguided attempt at manipulating your behavior more than it is communicating what rationally constructive eating is. To get X cup equivalents of fruit every day? What the hell is a cup equivalent? Even if you somehow manage to pull their heads out of their asses to ask them and get maybe a reasonable answer, it simultaneously assumes all fruits are the same. Who cares that dates have 10 times the calorie density strawberries? LOL. And more tragically, that all fruits are the same, that all people are also all the same. But who cares because you can eat ragu and drink Sunny D to get your fruits and vegetables in, right? Right. Was that the intention? No. No. Absolutely no. Did they ask for it to happen? Damn straight they did. Whole grains and fiber and added sugars and saturated fat and getting 2.3 up milliquip, millicup vegetable equivalents every day. It's, it's unalloyed farcical bullshit. Do you know how many people Dr. Cashy has spoken to that actually know the dietary recommendations and actually know them? None. None. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? That means the stupid language and guidelines are only around to give food manufacturers and distributors more confusing hoops to jump through to further confuse the public, which further confuses the dietary guidelines. It's easy to point the finger at businesses. Okay, Coca-Cola is evil, whoever else, you know, McDonald's is evil. You know, it's easy to point the finger at them. Okay, but riddle me this. Okay. They're just following the dumbass rules that were put into place. They were put into place by, by people who are using logic that's quite different from medical science to make decisions about health, and this is the result.
It's the result rather than the cause. You know what happens when the agencies start saying donuts are bad and whole grains and fiber are good for your heart? You know what happens? Food manufacturers start adding plant dust to their donuts, calling them brand muffins, and then they can say legally they're heart healthy. Can you blame them for that? No, it makes perfect sense. What is blameworthy is the dumbass rules they're following. <laughs> People think that moves like that are the cause of problems, but the sad irony is that this crap is the result. It's the result of the shitty diet-centrist policies put forth by public health organizations. This level of impudence only points to the absurdity of diet-centrist policies. X nutrient causes Y disease, therefore change this one thing and everybody's problems are solved. Look how well it's worked, <laughs> obviously, right? Now these bullshit policies are separate from the science-based policies because the guidelines and recommendations are in place such that it tangentially affects purchasing behavior and consumption rather than helping people to understand what rational and constructive eating is. It's kind of like saying, I want my kid to go to bed at 10, okay? So I tell her to go to bed at 10 and she goes to bed at midnight. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell her to go to bed at eight and then she'll go to bed at 10 because she always goes to bed two hours later than I tell her to. Here's your Nobel Prize in physiology, right? So it's clear these agencies think people are overeating. So again, they keep making changes to the rules to try and trick and confuse and manipulate people into eating less. Eat more fiber, eat more vegetables, eat less, like changing these recommendations in terms of rules to try and guide purchasing behavior and ad libitum, ad libitum eating patterns, uh, changing those rules separate from what are really like nutrient requirements that are established for medical science. It's all strangely trying to futilely moderate behavior, but, but people are ignorant to what the rules are anyway. That's, and so it just confuses food manufacturers, et cetera, et cetera. Why put a limit to added sugar? Well, because the stuff with more added sugar tends to have less of everything else. Same with fiber and whole grain and whatever else. And that does make sense, but it's intellectually handicapped. Again, it's like your kid goes to bed two hours later than you tell them to. So you make their bedtime two hours early and you say, ha, that'll solve the problem. <laughs> As my good friend Alex Ormosi says, a confused mind doesn't buy. And that's clearly reflected in the day-to-day -day behavior of the general population that's completely ignorant of the guidelines. Why would they know they're confusing and they're stupid? That's different than knowing the guidelines and ignoring them. That's way different. I mean, total ignorance. If you ask a person what they are, they're gonna say that they don't know. That's different than them knowing and ignoring them, okay? That just goes to show the efficacy of public health communication, huh? It would be different if people knew and ignored them, but people are ignorant to them. And you wonder why? <laughs> so here's what you've learned. Here's what you've learned. Again, bang for your buck with activity actually comes from doing less rather than, than doing more and being too tired and beat up to do anything else, okay? Like, again, total huge rant last lesson. The sugar recommendations and various other recommendations for general public are confusing, opportunistic, pseudoscientific, unalloyed, farcical bullshit. And personalized nutrition is the only way for you to make real progress and keep it, okay? It breaks you out of that dogmatic prison into becoming a more rationally constructive eater. To know what, to know what enough is for you, okay? Thanks for learning. Stay rational. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week.
Dr. Kashi is out. <laughs>